This is Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 499 for Wednesday, the 12th of April, 2017. Welcome to the show. And we're going to have a lot of fun tonight as Henry and I learn about resistance. We're going to be kicking off our maker series as we endeavor to become electronic makers. Everything from the Raspberry Pi to resistors and capacitors and all the things that we're going to need from tools to the kit itself. You want to stick around. We're going to be kicking things off with the very most basics as we get started on that series. Lots of great fun coming up. Don't go anywhere. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5.TV is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Category 5.TV slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Category 5.TV slash IAIB. I'll just correct cat5.tv slash IAIB. That'll get you there. Totally. Because cat5.tv, that is our That's URL shortener. Really? Yeah, you said category 5. Oh, yeah, which is cool. Gosh dang it. But it won't get you there. Oh, so think of the cats. Think of I cute, know. fluffy cats. What kind and of five. guy would register a, a short version of the, the domain as a URL shortener? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, guys. Yeah, whenever you see uh, cat5.tv, those are our short URLs to take you to other websites where category5.tv is our actual big full-out website. Henry Bailey Brown joining me here in the studio tonight. Nice to see you again. It's great to see and, you guys. Uh, I'm Robbie Ferguson. Sasha Dermatis is here, but uh, she uh, she figured out how to go invisible for 30 days. Exactly. She finally did it. So <laughs> proud of her. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys had a lot of fun last week. It was absolutely that fantastic. Was right. Now, I got to be here in studio, but I didn't get to really be part of the show. You guys took charge. We, and- we, we tried to get rid of you, but we just couldn't, right? Like, you just couldn't leave it. <laughs> just kidding. In spirit. No. It that was, was, it was, was great. That was a lot of fun. And you took a look at a kit that is available at cat5.tv slash maker. Mm-hmm. I love it. Tonight, we're getting into some uh, maker stuff. It's While so Sash cool. is away, the makers <laughs> will play. Exactly. That's how it goes. <laughs> so tonight we're getting into some of the basics. But before we do, we've got some uh, a little bit of housekeeping to, to do. Uh, I want to say hey to our chat room. I see uh, Jeff Weston is actually joining us there live in the chat room as well. So mm-hmm. uh, nice to see you. Uh, I see also Dennis Kelly and Garby. Sparkly balls and a bunch of others. Looks like there's a ton of you just uh, joining us tonight. So thanks for being here with us. And uh, hopefully, oh, you're you're gonna get in there as well. What? It's, it's your MacBook. Yeah, I'm, I'm all the way down here. That's why I'm Henry slightly Lee leaning. Has quit. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, mm. that's how it goes. All right. Hello. Well, um, so. On our website, category5.tv, one of the cool ways that you can support us is by going through our partner links, mm-hmm. and you can go to support us and then uh, shop through our partners. Uh, Chipolo has been added, and Chipolo is a great little device. It's the size of a coin, and it will allow you to track your lost stuff. That so is very neat. You stick one in your wallet, and you, you know, you'll know you be able to track it down if you leave it somewhere. Huh. Or if it gets stolen, maybe you'll be able to find it. Knock on wood. It'll help you with that. So uh, Chipolo is, uh, is now available as as a direct purchase through the manufacturer through our partner links and by doing that you're going to save up to 30% off of the retail price um, and I saw as well that they've introduced some kits where you can buy mm-hmm. like 
four or seven of these at a time, and you're that's gonna, handy. You're going to save a ton of money by doing that. They give you uh, a, a rather substantial discount on that. Wow! Big seller on our website this week is kind of fun because of <laughs> the topic of the show uh, yep. tonight. Of course, we're getting into maker and you know be, becoming a maker. Uh, a little bit of hands-on tech. Uh, the Raspberry Pi three kit. Mm-hmm. is our top seller again this week. And the Woo! Raspberry Pi is a ton of fun. Unlimited awesomeness. I just, I, I just keep swapping out micro SD cards and doing all kinds of stuff. It's so simple. It's so fun, though. That's exactly it. And you can literally make anything one. I love could, it. It's, it's there, amazing. There's mine. See that? It's the future now. This is, a, this is not the case that comes with the kit, but this is mm-hmm. one that you can buy uh, separately. I love it. Um, but the one that's in the kit is great as well. Mm-hmm. I just happened to buy the uh, the Raspberry Pi board by itself. Oh and yeah, the kit and separately, one. and that's because I already had SD cards and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. So, but uh, so far, what I've done is built a LAMP server for hosting websites. There you I've go. built a backup system that on a Raspberry Pi, it SSHs to all of my servers and uses there SCP to copy files around huh. through an encrypted uh, 256-bit encrypt, uh, encrypted connection yeah. so that I can transfer files around for my personal backups. And, uh, and it's entirely encrypted during the transit. So there you go. Um, so I'm do, doing that with a Raspberry Pi. Of course, NEMS, the Nagios Enterprise Management System, or monitoring system, yeah. uh, is also available, baldnerd.com slash NEMS, and we've talked about it on the show. And this is all it takes. That's amazing. What have you been doing? Oh, my gosh. I've, my friends and I have been doing so many And I say my friends and I because um, I'm part of, like, a little Discord group, so, like, a little gamers group online. And um, we actually have a Pi that helps us with our server. So, like, with custom commands and really? stuff. Yeah, they just use Python, um, okay. and we're able to use it. It's, it's really fun. What kind of games are you doing? Uh, so, you know, we're hardcore Overwatch players, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, and we're really able to utilize Pi for actually, like, helping us as a team, if you want to call us that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like myself, like, I, I play around with a lot of hardware stuff, right? So, like, mm-hmm. again, I play with a lot of LEDs and stuff. Um, saw the stoplight from before. That's small projects like that yes. adding up. Yeah, into, you like, showed us that. That was awesome. Um, and I'm trying to get more into the coding. So, like, trying to make your own, again, um, you can make, like, your own cloud server, things like that. Yeah. Hook it up to a hard drive, whatever sure. you want. Sure. Well, what um, have we got? We've got uh, one, two, three, four USB ports on there. Mm-hmm. We've got micro SD. We've got uh, GPIO headers that we can... I know we don't have a whole lot. There's a lot of shadows, but you see the <laughs> GPIO headers there? There you go. So it gives us an opportunity to expand as well. It's got a connector for a camera. It's mm-hmm. got a display connector. Uh, and, of course, HDMI output and all that kind of stuff. So it makes a good little... Uh, it's, solid state server. It's true, exactly. And I've seen um, on the, there's a lot of stuff on Reddit as well, and it's really interesting to see what a lot of people are doing with their pies, right? From everything from like a security server for like security cameras and stuff, sure. all the way yeah. to like um, I've seen this one. Well, I, I don't think it's the Olympic trials, but they're using it for like uh, controlling the big LED clocks in some gyms for like Olympic okay. centers. It's it's really interesting. Wow, they can so really go all out. Yeah, no, and it's it's fun. Like it's a great simple unit. It's inexpensive, but you can do so much with it, and that's the exciting part. And that's have you got your pie me. kit yet? Go to cap5.tv slash pie, Henry. Uh, we've got uh, an email sent to us by goodguy98 who Ooh. says, Hello. Hello. I thought this information may be interesting to the Category 5 community of viewers, so I'm passing this along. you got to check out Diet Pie. Diet Pie. Have you ever heard of it? Am I supposed to stop with raspberry pies now, or No. 
It looks pretty slim to me. It doesn't what about strawberry diet. pie? Okay, what? so yeah. diet pie. What's a, what's a diet pie? Is uh, like a... Well, diet pie, I would expect, is raspberry pie sweetened with sucralose. Really? Is it like smaller or something? <laughs> or what, what's, what's a diet pie? That's the thing. Let's, let's, uh, let's check it out. So I'm going to just bring up a hmm. browser window on my computer. I've never heard of this either, Henry, but uh, very, very curious. Dietpie.com. D-I-E-T-P-I.com. A lightweight, a lightweight justice for your single board computer. That Optimized, simplified. Ooh, nice looking website too. Oh, although the text is cut off, so I spoke too soon. Oh no! Ah, what do we got? Okay, lightweight justice. Diet Pie is an extremely lightweight Debian Jesse OS with images starting at only 400 megabytes, three times lighter than Raspbian Lite. What? Wow. Lighter than light? How can you be how, li- how light is... Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Because you think that this... How can you get so small? Like how, how, it's like, how can you make a cloud I lighter? I love Linux. I love Linux. It's just, what else have we got? Truly optimized. What does it say? Highly optimized. Looks like they've got some good information too. Wow. Comparatives. Uh, total image size. Raspbian light. 1.4 gigs. Diet Pie, 589 megs. Oh my gosh. Half of the system resource needs as far as memory goes. Uh, boots faster. Root file system uses less space. That sounds awesome. I use Raspbian Lite for like NEMS mm-hmm. and any of the server stuff that I do. Yeah. Kind of want to check this out. Thank you. That good seems guy really interesting. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. So a very, very lightweight, optimized kind of uh, OS for your Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to check out dietpie.com. Mm-hmm. Cool stuff. Well, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. You'll find our website at www.category5.tv. Tonight, Henry and I are kind of getting into the maker kit, Ooh. getting a look at it. Henry, the first kind of project that I started working on, oh. um, I'll, I'll just explain a little bit of backstory. Okay, here the, we go. The ladies from New Every Day mm-hmm. use lapel microphones. All they, right. They look like this. Okay, so the clips on oh, the shirt, sure. yeah. and then it goes into a power pack that mm-hmm. this is like basically phantom power for the microphone because they require power. Okay. But the camera only has two inputs, hmm. left and right. So they're stuck with two mics. So recently hmm. they've been doing some interviews and it gets really, really tough when they've got yeah. three people on the set. They can't, they can't mic them. Mm-hmm. They can't mic everybody. So I came up with this little... Super, super simple. Now, I'm a, I'm a beginner maker, so I'm just learning how to do all this kind of stuff, but I came up with this. Plugs into the, uh, <laughs> plugs into the camera. Sneaky, there sneaky. It is. So it's just a, uh, like an eighth inch, 3.5 3. millimeter uh, stereo plug. Yeah. And it goes to this breakaway box Look at that, that has four quarter inch inputs. And I've just used uh, Ethernet cable to make it happen. So it's a full connection. There you go. That's there you go. So you plug that into the camera, and then you've got two microphones on each side. So you just find, Sneaky. you know, you figure out who's got approximately the same volume of yeah. speech, and uh, there you go. Ah. So that's kind of my first, one of my first builds. I've done a couple other. We're, ones we're so them. proud of you, Robbie. I so. love. See, I, I go to Say Al. I've told you about this place. <laughs> yeah, you have. And it's amazing. There's a store on place. the south end of Barrie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't been, if you're in the Barrie area, you've got to check them out. It's called Say Al. That's where you can get kit like this. Now, you can also get them on Amazon and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and so go through our affiliate links and you'll find yeah. what you need. I am just old school and I love <laughs> going up 
and down the yeah. aisles and going, oh, that would make a good kit. Oh, that would be a cool piece. Well, that's where your imagination gets in, right? Oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh. so then I'm looking, you know, even choosing the type of end that I want for the plug yeah. so that it's a, a 90 degree angle so that it points to the floor mm-hmm. when it plugs into the camera. Exactly. Those just... kind of things instead of plugging <sighs> in that way. Wow. So, you know, I love that. So being able to walk into a store, I don't know if you've got any stores like that. It's like the old style Radio Shack when just, you used to just be able just to just tack everywhere. Just bits and bobs of parts and so switches. I about this little thing. Oh, totally nerding out right now. That's I so know. Neat. It's, so, it's how, so simple. And how long so did fun. it take you to do that, Robbie? Uh, about like, an hour. An hour, eh? Well, uh, once I had all the stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I went know. to you, the you store. go shopping. I obviously spent about seven hours in the store and yeah. way overspent. And my wife said, she looks, starts looking at the itemized receipt and go, what's this? Uh, it's like how much, items. how much exactly did you spend on that? Uh, well. But that's kind of how it goes. Um, but that's, that's what it is. So wow. one of the ways, though, that you can save a lot of money, Henry, Henry is mm-hmm. through a kit like what you were looking at last week. Okay. And the purpose behind picking up a kit is really so that if, because I would go to Seal, one mm-hmm. of these electronic stores, and I would buy all the pieces that I need for a particular project. Yeah, you just bring them all in. I would right. bring them all in, and then I would build the project, and then I would go back, and I would buy all the parts for the next project. And yep. There's something to be said about just having a bunch of stuff on hand, kind of in bulk, because you get into stuff like resistors that are super, super cheap by themselves. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go in and buy five of them. Uh, you might as well get 500. That's buy them in bulk, right? Yeah. Uh, this kit, uh, I'll get you to move your coffee so that we can, we here can just kind of take Let's a Let's make some here. space. There this you go. kit, we're just going to get into it a little bit heavier this week um, to show you. This. So this is available at cat5.tv slash maker. You saw it last week, so we're not going to really go through the unboxing process, but you mm-hmm. see we've got resistors. So Many, many resistors. Many, many resistors. So with this, with this series, mm-hmm. our maker series here on Category 5 TV, one of the things that we want to do is we want to start from the basics mm-hmm. and work our way to some more sophisticated things. We're going to get into television repair. Oh, that's exciting. You can pick up a, a flat screen TV on the side of the road because somebody, does, you know, it doesn't work anymore. We're going to learn here. We're, We're going to learn it. here. We're going to fix it. We're going to get a free TV. How do you like that? We might have to buy uh, a capacitor for six bucks. Hey. Aww. Saves you That's buying right. a new TV for like a thousand. <laughs> wow. There's, there's a ton of stuff that you really need to get started. Mm-hmm. First of all, safety goggles. You might as well steampunk them out. I, I you got your safety goggles. I, I feel like you're safer than I am because I'm just here. Yeah. Safer, nerdier, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> hey, it's not, not a bad thing. You're going to need things like, uh, like resistors. So mm-hmm. what do resistors do, Henry? They resist the urge. They resist. And I really like how they added different levels of resistors. Because in basic saying, it's like a tap, right? So I think uh, I remember back in high school when my professor was talking about electricity and resistors. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like you have a full pipe full of water, but you can't handle the entire full pipe. So what do you do? You add like a little resistor. In this case, for electronics resistor, for water, you'd have like a little funnel or something so it kind of reduces the voltage yeah. of whatever's passing through the wire that's what I, that, as far as i believe that's how i was raised we're gonna <laughs> your parents have done well that. okay uh, i was not raised in a home where this kind of thing was readily available or even promoted i was the hmm. kid who would take apart the vcr get in a boatload of trouble for doing it. What's a VCR? And then, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was better. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then put it all back together again, and it would work better than it did before I took it apart because I would clean the heads and the pinch Man. rollers. 
but That's so that was me. <laughs> um, so this kind of stuff, a lot of it is new to me. But I used to build like uh, patch panels and things, okay. audio patch panels, and and uh, recently I've been really getting into learning to become a maker because I hey, really want to know how to do this stuff. Oh yeah, I'm a home homeowner now, and oh. it really drives me mad that I don't know some of the basics of home repair. Hmm. So. Then I, so then I started learning that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now that I can do renovations and fix things and do this or that, yeah. now I'm like, okay, well, now I really want to be doing this stuff. The electronic stuff is really my passion and, and what I want to learn. So, so that's why we're going to be getting into this more. Mm-hmm. So things that you absolutely need, of course, resistors. We're going to learn all about resistance tonight with a very simple demonstration. We've got a couple of relays as well. I love relays. You can That's build exciting. so many fun things <laughs> with those. Uh, and we're going to learn about those later on in the series. Uh, we've got some uh, some capacitors as well. Excellent. Um, these can be used for repairs. Uh, if you ever burn out a capacitor on a motherboard, you can actually fix your motherboard by having Ooh. those on hand. We've got fuses. We've got uh, multiple different types of capacitors. We've got some uh, some ceramic capacitors as well. Um, we've got some LEDs, some uh, alligator clips, more LEDs. Like, it just goes on and on. <laughs> Never ends. These guys, which, Henry, these are called potentiom, potentiom, potentiometer. <laughs> potentiometer. <laughs> nice. Hooked on phonics you, worked for me. Do you have the potential? Potentiometer. I would have just called it volume knob. The volume just call it knob. Just call it twisty knob. Uh, Jeff Weston and and uh, and the crew here at Category Five. We've been talking about it. We're going to start uh, building a, a a mini arcade game system for. You guys are going to have so much fun for the Retro Pie. We're going to actually build that. So we're going to need some of these kinds of things and the knowledge that we're going to learn. The other stuff that you're going to absolutely need, 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 and this is to get started as a maker. Mm-hmm. So you want to learn how to do electronics. Oh yeah. The kit just makes it so easy because it's all there. It's all in one you place. Don't, you don't have to. And it's all in one place at Sayal, but you don't have to go up and down the aisles to get what you need to get started. So, yep. so I am excited about this. So we've got batteries and loads of them. We've got a 9-volt battery. We're going to learn resistance with that today. Um, so let's set that aside. We've got some 22-gauge uh, wire in three different colors. So the, this is literally just wire that we can use for soldering stuff together. All right. uh, we've got some battery compartments. for. So we've got 6 volts, 1.5 volts, and 3 volts. We've got a breadboard, which you showed last week. This is uh, oh, that's pretty decent. Hello, breadboard. Looks sweet. And this is for testing, right? So this is so that we can test our circuit, build our circuit, and make sure it works before we start soldering everything together and realize, oh, yeah. did something <laughs> wrong, right? Uh, but I see a ton of exciting stuff in here. It's a great kit. And, and even just the box itself is really nice. It's, so. just ni- it's just nice to be organized. It's just nice to have that because when I, when I, whenever I come home from a tech store, I always have everything in bags and oh, yeah. everything gets all over the place. But even if you do start to run out of supplies, it comes with a nice box. So <laughs> you can eat. Yes. It's, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I love things that keep you organized like this. Is there anything here that we wouldn't use? I really don't think so. Eh? Like, there's so no. Much. I would use everything. Like, even like everything. being into like flight sim and stuff. Like, you could use like a lot of these like switches. Yeah, those are some um, grade switches. Landing dude. gear up, landing gear down. Is that where you're gonna you're gonna build an airplane? I actually, I actually already have one. <laughs> Just kidding. No, uh, no, that's exciting though. All right, so we're gonna learn a little bit about resistance tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond our kit, 
what we need is some tools. Um, so I have all right some of my toolkit here with me. I've got what's called um, helping hands. This is really, really helpful when you are soldering. It's got a little light that illuminates things. It's got a magnifier so okay. that you can see a lot better as you're working on stuff. So you can clip with these helping hands alligator clips <laughs> and hold your project as you are soldering. It's awesome. So then I've picked up a wireless soldering iron. <laughs> After seeing Jeff with a wireless one, I thought, oh, I'll go out and get a, a wireless one because it's so convenient. Just had to. Now, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. The, the wireless one... I kind of would like to go with a higher higher grade, like plugged in, because mm-hmm. the batteries don't last a huge amount of time, and when they die, yeah. it just starts soldering poorly. It doesn't get updated. There's no indication, eh? it just starts to happen, Not right? really. Um, and you can change the batteries, or you can buy rechargeables, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but realistically, as I get more and more serious about this, this, yeah. is, this becomes a handy tool to have. But it's not. It shouldn't be my only solder. Well, that's iron. the thing is that when you're at your desk, right, like your little workstation. Oh, you might as well have a hard. Yeah, you're gonna have hardwired anyways, right? So depending on your usage. Well, I should. Right? I don't. <laughs> this, <laughs> is should. The one I, this is the one I bought. <laughs> so I picked up uh, uh, just a piece of um, like what do you call this? Like scouring pad. Just happiness. Just yeah, from the just, dollar store. Yep. And I use this when when the solder is hot. Mm. I can just rub that soldering iron on the uh, on that and it just cleans yeah. it up really really nice there you go um, and then we've got some solder here uh, i've got a pair of clippers just and these uh, clippers actually have a uh, a 22 gauge um oh, stripper s- that's so gonna make things a lot easier helps a lot yeah some good some um, needles what do you call these or tweezers um, tweezers these are great for holding your project when you're holding things like capacitors. And yeah. They get hot as you're soldering. Nice. I've got a nice little screwdriver that Kingston provides, and uh, these are great. It's good to just have a good little oh, screwdriver. That's nice. for... So that's kind of my kit. Uh, oh, but yeah. then the main thing that you're going to absolutely need, Henry, mm-hmm. regardless of what you're doing, is a multimeter. You're there going you go. to absolutely need to be able to tell things like, have you got continuity? Mm-hmm which is the circuit is complete and there is a flow of electricity. Um, you're going to need to be able to tell how many volts are running through something so you don't blow something up. Yeah, and we work. probably will blow things up. <laughs> oh, that's uh, going to be the, the best. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Just kidding. No. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, speaking of blowing things up, uh, we got an email from uh, our viewer uh, who we all know as Orange Man. Should we uh, take a quick look at this? All right. Let's take a look. Orange Man writes, Dear Robbie, and I presume Henry as well. My name's there. It's just invisible writing. It's just invisible. Sa- Sasha wrote uh, it, so. Orange Man actually provided a couple of pictures for us, so I'm going oh, to bring these up at the same time. All right. Uh, Orange Man says, In December, I had an old Raspberry Pi in my workshop in an old cardboard box not being used. Okay. Uh, I wanted to make the output run on my TV display as a way of displaying videos uh, by connecting an HDMI or VGA, VGA cable to the TV. My mm-hmm. wife is blind, and she doesn't like a lot of wires around makes sense yep so i designed it to put inside of a computer chassis along with a power supply i found a case on amazon uh, amazon <laughs> which was low profile um and uh and oh it has a switching power supply which provides both 5 volt and 12 volt power that's interesting that he mentions that yeah we were talking about building this arcade system for the retro and i said we should get a use a standard computer power supply so that we have 5 volt and 12 volt rails 12 volt for the monitor 5 volt for the pi and any other kind of peripherals so that's cool 
Uh, you know where we are because you've got your finger on it. Yeah, you of course. Just carry on. Being a navigator here. Um, it arrived on Christmas Eve. Happy belated Christmas. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yes, we had a... We had post on Christmas Eve. That's awesome. So I tested it to see if the power supply worked and wanted to know, <clears throat> wanted to find out uh, which wire was the plus 5 volts and which were the 12 volts. That's right? where your multimeter is going to come So, in. ta-da! Thank you, multimeter. Yeah. Um, I tried it twice and it worked okay. Good. Um, but when I tried it for a third time to check out a few other things on the power supply, it just stopped working and was Uh-oh. completely dead. Orange That's man, not good. Yeah, Orange Man goes on to say, Some time back, I obtained some 286 computer power supplies, which also have 5 volt and 12 volt. Yeah. Uh, this was the same physical size as the one that, uh, that was in there originally, and it worked every time without going, going bang. bang. Nice. I got, a, <laughs> I got a picture here of the outer uh, chassis. That's kind of the completed box with the wires sticking out of the back. And uh, Orange Man sends us a little bit of a view of what this bad boy looks like on the inside. Henry, if you can carry on with the, with the email there. Excellent, because, uh, you know, the reading skills. Um, sometime back, uh, you already said that, um, I wanted to use the USB output of the Pi to power a USB hub to give um, me more USB outputs. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's always useful. Um, the output from the audio socket would be connected to a small jack and then connected via a small audio output. And I thought I would do the same as the audio by plugging a very short HDMI lead into the HDMI socket onto the Pi. Sweet. Um, so, yeah. So, the socket end of my converter's VGA had a hole cut in the box, so I plugged, a, plugged the uh, VGA to a short cable. But there was some issues with the converter. Okay. Ah. Um, let's see what that was. It was a very intermittent and would only work sometimes. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Real good. Yeah, so I abandoned this idea and was stuck with an HDMI socket. I cut a hole in the chassis and glued a jack in place so I could easily connect an external HDMI cable. Okay. Sweet. But had some trouble. So on Amazon, Amazon. <laughs> Go through our web link. Uh, yeah, sponsor. Um, uh, I cut a hole in the chassis, found an HDMI cable with okay. a female plug on each end. Okay, so you could just... And fixed one end to the HDMI socket on the Raspberry Pi, and the other end goes through a hole in the chassis, so the one right. that I, I'm guessing he cut, with yeah, a yeah. grommet, so I can plug it into the TV. Then right. the kit took about 20 minutes to build. So, like so in you the see end. the HDMI there in the center of your screen. Now, if you follow that cable coming out of the HDMI, he's got a grommet and a cable yeah. going out of the computer... And then we've got all kinds of great wiring going on here, Orange Man. Well yeah, done. Man. Uh, and I see a USB port on the front there. Okay, we're almost done. He has a yeah, yeah. brief little uh, paragraph here. So he's been into, uh, into electronics since he was 10 years old, and now he's 60. So that's a lot of experience. Way there, to go, right? man. Like, wow, you got 50 years on me. Yeah, so, so making the <laughs> kit was very easy and enjoyable. The network socket from the Raspberry Pi connects to a short external jack, and the keyboard and mouse are both wireless, which Sweet. saves on the wires, right? Because you wanted to keep... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, space on the wires. It now sits on a shelf in our sitting room, and I can operate the keyboard and mouse without any visible wires. From Orange Fantastic. Oh, dude, that is and awesome. Thanks I love hearing sharing. these stories. Thanks for sharing, because it really does... It's always great to hear when people use these with such unique projects. It's inspiring. It is. And at the same time, I'm looking at this, Orange Man, and I'm thinking, this is a build that you would never... Like, I wouldn't have expected to see this from a Raspberry Pi. So you see the motherboard is basically this credit card uh, (laughs) size. 
motherboard in the middle there with a bunch of wires going to it. So you've been able to effectively build a computer, a multimedia center with... um, with this little tiny computer stuck in the middle. Yeah, just put it in the center there, and that's, it's so hold great. Hold it in with double-sided carpet tape. There you go. Yeah. That's fantastic. I wow. love it, and thank you so much for sharing. And yeah. these are some of the things that, you know, I want to learn, like, how does all that come together? Now, I mm-hmm. know how to plug cables in and stuff like that, but to solder from one thing to the next, and, and we've looked at the yeah. GPIO headers of the uh, Raspberry Pi a little bit, mm-hmm. and, you know, I know that, you know, some of them are, are like, 5-volt, uh, power, yeah. so I've connected a fan to it to keep it cool and Woo. things like that. So you can do all kinds of little things, but let's expand upon that. Yeah, let's dive a little bit deeper. Let's see what else we can do with that, right? Let's get really deep today, Henry. Okay. Oh, we're getting so deep right we're now. We're not guys. getting deep at all, because remember, yes. we're starting with the basics. We're getting started oh. with just learning our way through becoming a maker. So uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that I love to have on hand is Make Electronics. This book, you can pick it up at cat5.tv slash maker. And you called it the Bible <laughs> of happiness. It really it Well, not, not even that, but it's just like just Cut, electronics, color. really. Like you're just starting all the way to what is an ohm up to building your own little radio and you can it, you it just gets, about it, it gets you started and this is you know all of that knowledge put together and you'll see that a lot of the components from the kits uh, so the kit that we carry uh, the components themselves there's that switch that we were looking at and you know the, needing a breadboard and all of these mm-hmm. things are included in that kit so it gets you started um, so really really handy really really good to have I know that the internet is a go-to resource but this is so well organized it's nice to have something on actual paper you know yeah, because really is, yeah. and again it gives know, you that's the old schoolness um, no um, well the, that's the thing though is that it gives you a great learning process right because anyone can go out on to reddit google search cool projects but this literally starts you from the ground up and helps you right build positive it makes you build positive habits pretty much right and I mm. think that's important because um, when I d- didn't go to school for electronics, obviously, I'm an aviation guy, mm-hmm. but it's just being able to say, yeah, when you're solder, make sure you do this. Don't burn yourself, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's witty. The author, Charles <laughs> Platt, is a lot of fun. Um, and some of that will be reflected in through our series because this yeah. is part of, part of how I'm learning is through this book. Um, mm-hmm. Things like, um, you know, we're learning about a multimeter. And, and, you know, it'll, it will say, you know, generally, you know, there is power behind this. It's, it's not going to hurt you unless you stab yourself <laughs> in the eye. Uh, knock on wood. Yeah. That's not good. So watch out for it. Um, so pick up one of these books if you want to get started. Um, even if you are experienced, it, it takes you back to the basics, oh, yeah. as Henry's saying. But so we learn things like not only, okay, what does a resistor do, but how does it work? Mm. And why does it work? And, and what do the like lines that. mean on the side, right? What do the lines mean? We're going to learn all about that kind of stuff. So... Um, so tonight we're going to start with our multimeter and how does this thing work? Um, so basically, this is this is a pretty decent multimeter that my my uh, my father-in-law gave me, and uh, so it's it's pretty cool. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. We've got so many different features. Like continuity test is an important one for me. Mm-hmm. You can hear that beep. That just means that there's continuity. Um, Tonight, we're going to learn a couple of other things uh, with this, but it's got uh, basically your multimeter has 
three or four inputs. We've got our common, which is your black. That's like that's going to be shared no matter what it is that you're testing. Mm-hmm. We've got voltage and things like that. Um, and then we've got uh, amps. We've got continuity. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what that symbol uh, means. One of our viewers will know that one unless you do. And ohms, which is your ohms resistance, which is what we're going to be focusing on tonight because that is what we're going to be learning with, uh, with resistors. Mm-hmm which, as Henry mentioned at the top of the show, is going to help us to um, limit the amount of voltage going to something yes. so that we don't blow it up. But another fun thing about... Like, <laughs> Making things go bang. Yeah, right? another, thing, another yeah. fun thing with this book is that he will actually walk us through blowing things up. Mm-hmm. I was skimming this, and, oh, <laughs> we're going to find out what happens when we short-circuit a battery. Don't do this at. I was about to say don't do this at home, but it's just if you buy the book, then you have to do it at home. Yeah, there's all kinds of fun stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I've got a nine volt battery here, Henry. Okay. Are you feeling brave? Oh, you're gonna make me do it, aren't you? I'm gonna make you do it. Because like in the book, there's even like a diagram. There's a cartoon, and we showed it last week. I know. And he looks. Do. He looks like he's in pain. Uh, when we come back, <laughs> we're gonna test Ohm's resistance using Henry's face. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yeah, man. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. $5 and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. And tonight we are becoming entry-level makers. I'm starting to get nervous here. I've got a 9-volt battery. <laughs> it's only 9 volts. I was going to get a 16-volt battery for you, Oh, but they only had 9 volts. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Do not do that at home. 9 volts safe. Anything higher than that, I would probably not do this experiment. Mm-hmm. It's a very shocking experience, though. This is a brand-new 9-volt battery. Have you ever done this before? When I was, like, a kid. They okay. taste good. It's not like one of those new, like, Switch console things that taste really bad. Like, you heard about... Never mind. Somebody, I don't know what's going to happen. Somebody here. out there will get... Now, quick disclaimer. Anything that we're going to be doing through the course of the, uh, th- of the series is generally safe, but does require adult supervision. So if, uh, if you're Do you kid, count as an adult? Mm, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm technically an adult now, so I can supervise myself. Okay. So, so. moisten your tongue. Make sure it's nice and wet. Mm-hmm. And then give it a lick. I'm scared now. Ah, yeah. Did it hurt? It was hot. <laughs> it was hot? Yeah. It was warm. Like that? Oh, I yeah. Was just, I am oh. so glad that uh, I he think was the, willing to do that. Oh, blah, 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 look. <laughs> I think it works. I feel like Jaw Jaw Banks okay. from like episode but one. But it didn't hurt that bad, right? Like this no, is, no, it's fine. Okay. All right. I've got a paper towel here for you. Thank you. I want you to stick out your tongue. 
and dry your tongue with this, and okay. then do the exact same experiment, okay? I want your tongue to be dry. Mm-hmm. Is it dry? Mm-hmm. Okay, give it a go. Hmm. Did it do anything? Mm-hmm. Nothing? I still felt a little bit, but it was just, just a little bit? Yeah. So why is that? Is there any room for stuff to flow? This is an you know, <laughs> interesting yeah. thought, but why do we need to be careful in a lightning storm in the rain? Mm-hmm. Because when we're wet, we're very conductive or uh, we have a lower ohms resistance. Mm-hmm. So something with low ohms resistance, such as uh, copper or mm-hmm. uh, aluminum, is, is going to be a conductor. It's going to carry that electrical flow very, very nicely. Mm-hmm. Your wet tongue, it has a low ohms resistance. Mm-hmm. Something with a high ohms resistance, which means it resists the flow of electricity, mm-hmm. um, it, like a resistor or like... PVC plastic yep. or the, you know, why do they put rubber around the outside of wires? Yep. Because it has a high ohms resistance. So it's not going to uh, conduct the electricity. Mm-hmm. So using our multimeter, we're going to actually be able to tell why this happened to Henry. Um, so I'm going to plug this into ohms resistance and we're going to actually set our multimeter to ohms. Oh, I've already got it at ohms. Yep. There All right there. Okay. So power that baby on. At right. And you'll see that there's nothing really going on there. Okay? All right. So, all I want you to do is same test, (laughs) but with our multimeter. Okay. Okay? So, we're going to touch this to your tongue. As would be reminded in the book, do not stab this into your tongue. It's going to give me a piercing. Here you are. So, about an inch apart, just just like the battery. So, when you do that, I'm going to just switch modes here so that we can see. So, everyone ready? Three, two, one, go. Mm Mm-hmm. So we've got about, now does that hurt? Mm-mm. 195 kilo-ohms. 195 kilo-ohms. Okay, so now mm-hmm. do the same thing with your tongue. Dry it okay. off. Ugh, it's like licking chalk, you know, like that dry. It's a bit sciencey tonight. <laughs> it so, feels so sciencey. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. Tongue's dry? Mm-hmm. Okay, same test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're getting, mm-hmm. notice this is millions. So one point, one point something million ohms. Mm-hmm. So we're getting a much, much, uh, significantly higher ohms resistance. Oh, yeah. So when your tongue is dry, mm-hmm. it's resisting the flow of electricity much, much higher than when yeah. it's moist. I said trying to go. <laughs> oh, that's, that's like the, that's a bad word to use these days. Yeah, never on the internet. Uh, so there you have it. I mean, that's... Um, a basic experiment to show you um, the difference in you know how ohm's resistance affects the flow of electricity mm-hmm. and that is what these resistors is going to do for us when we're building some of our kit so there when we're go. building some of the fun things that we're going to be doing these are going to create ohm's resistance or they provide ohm's resistance to reduce the electrical flow mm-hmm. so that if we have a battery here that's nine volts we can reduce it to say six volts or maybe four or five volts if we want to be able to plug in like leds mm-hmm. and not make them burst yeah but we're going to make <laughs> some burst we're going to make some explode for the sake of experimentation yeah unfortunately i didn't learn this lesson ahead of time and i, I remember blowing up my first led yeah. A few weeks ago. That's quite did it actually burst out or did no, it? No, it wasn't that exciting. It just kind oh, of like okay. died, but Yeah. Can I have more kit power? Comes with a lot. The kit comes with a lot. Uh, yeah. everything that we're gonna be doing through the course of the series is going to be uh, probably nine volts or under. 
Okay. So, so yeah, it's still safe. We're but you can still do safe. some really fun stuff. Yeah. We're going to keep it safe. We're not going to be doing anything where we're going to need to you know, work with high currents or anything like that. Uh, it's all very basic entry-level stuff. If you're familiar with it, I would encourage you, rather than saying, oh, I already know all this stuff, mm-hmm. please become a part of the community and, and of, of the series by including yourself in the chat room, by sending us emails to correct my errors, uh, or to uh, even give your own feedback or experiences, mm-hmm. and, uh, and even your suggestions. If this is something that you're experienced with, we would love to have that, because yeah. we are actually learning along with you, our viewers, mm-hmm. and uh, really looking forward to what we're going to be doing. And I did pick up a TV. Oh, yeah, you E-waste. did. Okay. Absolutely Look at that. free. Absolutely free. Ooh. And the goal is that near the end of this series, we're going to actually be taking that TV apart and repairing a TV that will not turn on. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, man. And maybe it'll end up on the wall box. <laughs> yeah. How, this is how, how we're upgrading be? the studio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're going to learn how to fix things, and then That's we're going great. to fix them for the studio. Uh, one thing that I didn't remember to show you, Henry, um, mm-hmm. is a grounding bracelet, ah, uh, something okay. like this. Uh, we're not doing anything that required grounding tonight, but what this does is it lets mm-hmm. you, it just, it's just something that you can put on, and then you can clip it onto a ground, such as the back of a metal computer, awesome. something like that. Uh, you no can shocks. Also, you can get stuff to, not only no shocks, but no damage to your com- peripherals if you have static electricity. Mm-hmm. I get shocked a lot when I touch <laughs> light switches and stuff. Shocking. So this will protect your uh, equipment so that it won't get damaged. All right. All right. So we're going to jump over to the newsroom. Henry has got it tonight. So, Henry, over to you. All right. I'm Henry Bailey Brown, and here are the top stories. More like looking down because the prompter's down here today. The top stories for the week of April 12th, 2017. Microsoft revealed the specs for some forthcoming hardware, and it's nothing short of impressive. At the heart of the device will be an on-system chip packing eight custom 32-bit CPU cores clocking up to 2.3 gigahertz apiece, plus 40, yes, 40 GPU cores at 1,172 megahertz apiece for a total of over six teraflops of graphics crunching capacity. 12 gigabytes of GDDR5 RAM will enjoy memory bandwidth of 326 gigabytes a second, a 1.2 terabyte hard disk, and a 4K Blu-ray round things out. That's a very great piece of product right there. Sadly, this is not a new desktop computer or server. It's the next Xbox, a.k.a. Project Scorpio. That is is really really impressive project scorpio will be a significant device because all the power described above there so that games can deliver 4k video and vr experiences the new xbox goes on sale just in time for christmas oh my gosh that's just that just blows my mind project scorpio because from the gaming community, we've been hearing about Project Scorio, Scorio, Scorpio for a while. Scorpio. Sounds like a cake. It's a cake. But seriously, though, that's incredible. And to know that that's a gaming console, right? Because I, I'm, I, moved, I used to be a console player, but then I moved over to PC because of performance, everything else like that. But to learn that that's an Xbox, that's a gaming console. I would love, 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 love it for someone to hack it so that it could be turned into... A little supercomputer. Well, that's the thing, too, is so that... so ridiculously powerful. It is Microsoft. So right now there is kind of a way how you can stream your games using Windows 10, and there yeah. is that capability. So I wonder if they are going to make it kind of a little bit more compatible with, like, PC usage, right? So, like, kind of how you said, 
Hmm. I'm not sure if there's going to be any Make Linux it like based. a docking station or something. Just like. something like that's that's just incredible. <laughs> you really, got a six teraflop like, computer <laughs> running Microsoft Word. It's just got. <laughs> hey, that's you can write a pretty intense book with that. Come that's, up pretty uh, fast. <laughs> you know, no more waiting. But no, I, I I'm personally very impressed by that. Mm. Next up is a very interesting piece of news that has been all over the internet already. Um, the sirens are usually used to warn of extreme weather events in Dallas, right? So a hacker has been blamed for setting off more than 150 warning sirens in the U.S. city of Dallas over the weekend. The sirens are usually to warn of extreme weather events such as tornadoes. All 156 sirens in the city were activated at 11.42 p.m. on Friday, and the noise lasted for about 90 minutes. Technicians for the Office of Emergency Management were eventually able to shut down the warning system and find what they said was the evidence of the siren system being hacked. Last year, someone hacked into a number of traffic signs in Dallas and used them to publish jokes. There has been no suggestion suggestion that the same people were involved in this current sirens incident so that would be interesting waking up at 11 p like 11 p.m hearing air raid sirens go off not knowing what that was oh, that would be a little bit scary the poor folks um but <laughs> oh yeah. yeah well no because Are um you Dallas? did you have to s- sit through that well that no because it would be scary too because that happened after i believe the, um the events in sweden right because um there was an attack in sweden off the road so just hearing that mm. Uh, it would be very scary. So, it's. I'm happy to hear that it was just hacking and nothing too serious. So, it does kind of reveal this. Like, this is an issue that you know that they need to tighten things up. They do. Maybe these things are. You know, how 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 does this happen? Well, really, I wonder if it's just like some 15 year old saying, "Oh, what do I want to do tonight?" Right? Because we don't know yet. That's <laughs> really hack into the sirens. Hey, let's do it, guys. Let's no, do it. Not Prove trying it to be done. Say, so, okay, Some here we go. Dare. Yeah. Modern smartphones have a wealth of sensors inside, from accelerometers to gyroscopes. While sensors like these make phones more powerful, allowing to use your phone's orientation as an input mechanism in a video game, for example, they also do present a potential way for hackers to figure out a four-digit PIN. Computer scientists from Newcastle University in the UK found that by monitoring sensors like the phone's, for example, acrylometer, gyroscope, magnometer, um, and other sensors such as those, um, so like, which detects things like the device's motion and orientation, they're able to figure out a user's pin around 74% of the time just on the first guess alone. Jeez. Wow. The number rose to 94% by the third try that they attempted. That's, that's just crazy. The entry point for the attack to detect the pin was a JavaScript exploit delivered through the browser on the phone. All the smartphone user had to do was simply click on the link that had malicious software, and then that would, be, <clears throat> then that would detect the phone sensor data going on in the background. So I wonder if that's both like Android as well as iPhones or anything else. So in the case of Safari... The method worked even when the phone was locked over the link. So, like, after the link had been clicked on, meaning that it could detect the pin typed into an unlocked, to unlock the physical phone, the physical device. One researcher said that they reported their findings to Apple, 
who have since fixed the exploit. So Apple did fix the exploit. That, that, that fix happened last year as part of the iOS 9.3 update. Kevin Fu, an associate professor of electrical engineering and computer science at the University of Michigan, has said, quote, sensors may represent the weakest link in IoT security. So, ambi so ambiguous, yet so untrustworthy and so poorly misunderstood, end unquote. So just that entire segment right there, that's a little bit unnerving, right? Because it's something that we take for granted every single day. And it's, it's sitting right there for hackers to exploit. And all it takes is one little link. And again, we, we never heard of this before today. Here's my phone, and, and you're in a crowded room, or Henry's <laughs> exactly. standing right next to you, so you're kind of like this when you put in your pen, mm -hmm. to realize that my little bumps of my fingers are able to give away, can give it away to a JavaScript that's running in the background on my phone. It's creepy, but it's, it's possible, and that's scary. And who, we, we, we didn't even know about this until today, and to know that Apple already knew about it, and they fixed it, as they said, mm -hmm. and there's other things out there like Touch ID and stuff, but who says that they don't use a JavaScript to try to unlock your fingerprints? The other thing like that, that this opens up as, as kind of a revelation, and I think people need to maybe clue into this more, yeah. is that viruses are not the main threat that are out there right now. And I get mm -hmm. this a lot where, you know, people don't want to get the security suite that is going to protect them against exploits because it costs more money. They just want yeah. the plain antivirus. And I have to explain, that's fine if that's what you want. That's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. However, you need to ex understand that JavaScript, um, Flash, Adobe Flash, yeah. these are all entry points, um, infected macros in Word documents mm -hmm. that aren't viruses. They are just they're entry points for exploits into mm -hmm. your system. And when we realize, oh, I can get my system can get exploited and, yeah. and damaged and compromised or my privacy, like my pin for my phone, compromised because of JavaScript. It's not a virus. I know, man. It's just a JavaScript running in the background that can capture sensor data. Yeah. And it doesn't matter Yikes. if it's Apple, Android, anything else. It can still do it. So it's one thing to watch out for. And make sure that your pin for your bank isn't the same as your phone, right? Good so, idea. Good idea. Um, okay. So moving on. Uh, Canonical is to stop developing Unity 8 convergence, Ubuntu phones and tablets. And Ubuntu 18.04 LTS will use GNOME instead of Unity as its default desktop. Wow. That's a, that's a little bit of a news right there. Unconfirmed rumors are circulating that Ubuntu's founder, uh, Mark Shuttleworth, may be returning as Canaconical's CEO, a role he stepped down from back in 2009. He indeed announced that Unity would be dropped with GNOME being the desktop of choice for Ubuntu moving forward. He says Conoconical will invest in Ubuntu. GNOME will be the intent of de delivering a fantastic all-GNOME desktop. So that experience really does affect Linux users out there. We all know that he means Canonical. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a Mac guy. Yeah, canonical. <laughs> uh, you know what? This, this came as a big shocker this week to realize that the old CEO, the <sighs> founder of Ubuntu, mm -hmm. Mark Shuttleworth, who we've had on the show, um, who left as the CEO, stepped down, is now kind of reprising some form of a role. We don't know w to what extent, mm -hmm. but the rumor is, mm -hmm. this is only a rumor, Henry, mm. maybe he's trying to get back in as CEO. We don't know that. That's interesting. And that's you know, right now completely uh, under embargo if it's even known. But uh, regardless, 
the fact that they're dropping Unity, mm-hmm. which is what pulled me away from Ubuntu in the first place, yeah, and going back to GNOME. Now it's GNOME three, so it's not going back to the good old days <laughs> of uh, you know Warty Warthog and you know the GNOME two days. Might still want to go with Ubuntu Mate, mm-hmm. but. It's a big transition for Canonical. Yeah. And to think that they are going to be now taking their investment um, time, revenue, dollars, and putting that into GNOME, mm-hmm. the GNOME project that for a little while there was starting to look like maybe they didn't have what it took as a development team to continue on. Yeah. And now they've got Canonical backing them up. Yeah, that's that's that's, huge. that's interesting here. Well, it's a little bit of like a repeat of history, right? Because like I remember back just in history class, like kind of like a, what Apple did with um, Steve Jobs, yeah. right? So like oh, he yeah. came back when they were changing their uh, user interface, right? He redeemed the whole company. Yeah, but um, this is this is really interesting to see because I don't want to say it's a repeat of his history, but we are seeing this sudden change out of nowhere. I think we're so, we're at a time where we're going to see a lot of change with. Ubuntu with mm-hmm. Canonical and the drive, the direction that they're going to be taking. Um, but we don't know what that's going to be yet. Yeah. Because there hasn't been that official announcement and, you know, Mark's stepping up and saying what's going to happen next mm-hmm. other than this one big deal. Yeah. So I apologize for mis- mispronouncing the name there, guys. It's all good. It's all um, good. But thanks again for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all of your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Henry Bailey Brown. Thank you, Henry. Well done. <laughs> this is Category 5 Technology TV. Sasha is away. And so the makers have played. Oh, it's past And Henry tense. read the news. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's, that's depressing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I read the news from my laptop. Again, guys, if you're just joining with us, uh, we he don't have a teleprompter, so yeah. I have to read down here today. Sasha usually gets the teleprompter. Henry's just she's, But again, she's away on vacation because she's invisible, so she can go <laughs> anywhere she wants without having to pay. Just every. She could be everywhere. She is anywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Uh, we've got some uh, some real quick ones uh, that came in via email and YouTube comments and everything else. Thank you so much for getting your feedback in. We appreciate that. Um, okay. Heavy Metal Demon on Twitter asked us a uh, little tongue-in-cheek question here. If I ran <laughs> Steam VR on a severely underpowered PC laptop, could it catch fire? Let's give it a go. Let's Let's try it. First of all, it depends on whether it is uh, sitting on top of a Bunsen burner. Mm-hmm. Um, you may want to set it on fire if, uh, if, if this was to happen to you and claim the insurance uh, money. So well, you here's can the buy thing. A more powerful computer. To, to run SteamVR, I know that you need at least a GTX. Um, I think it's a 980 or something. There is a cap for SteamVR, I think. Wow. So, because I remember I had an old uh, graphics. Well, I know for Steam, anyways. Um, that they have this um, development. It's free. You can download. Okay. But it tests your computer. Um, if you go onto ah. Steam, uh, it's a free VR testing kit you can download for free. And it, it runs the program, takes around five minutes, and it'll tell you, tell you your performance, right? So if, or just laugh at if you. If you're awesome, it's green. If it's yellow, it's kind of like, uh, you can do it with like subpar settings. If it's mm. red, then... Don't because don't you even might, bother. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not worth the FPS that you're gonna get. It maybe 10, 15 FPS. It's not worth it. But yeah, because like I know I upgraded to GTX 10, uh, 1060 
uh, when it first came out. And I'm in the green. It works perfectly fine with me. Mm-hmm. So um, with that being said, if you're trying to run Steam VR on a older laptop, I'm not sure. Because VR, even if it's like a simple little game, like a 2D, like a you know really simple texture game, it's still a huge processing power because it has to take in all the sensor data for every single frame, right? Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. depending what program you're doing. So I wouldn't say it would literally explode, but I would, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be worth it just for like 10 frames a second. It's like, yeah, it's like Chris's question last week about why we don't shoot more 360 video. And I'd love to, but VR video is very expensive. It is. That's what you guys didn't <laughs> for touch now. on. For now. That's what you guys didn't touch on. Um, so consider that it has to be 4K because mm-hmm. if you're looking at a 360 view, yeah. you're probably only looking at 960 uh, um, P. Mm-hmm. right? Because it's a 4K wrapped around you and above you and under yeah. you. So when you're looking at it in VR with your headset, you're only looking at a very small piece of the video. Mm-hmm. But the whole video exists, regardless of whether you're looking at it or not. Well, that's what I read is that the human eye is technically around 8K. So to have like oh, true wow. true HD, so like not to, because right now what VR is, you can still see the pixels. So it's yeah. like you're looking through a fence. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get rid of that effect fully, we would need at least a small, that little sensor that you're looking at, that little TV, whatever you want to call it. It has to be at least 8K to get rid of that effect fully to make it indistinguishable. And then from, the video source would probably have to be just as high. Yeah, if not and higher. It, so if you consider yeah. 8K and you're only looking at maybe one-sixteenth of the video at any given time, so 16 times 8 is how many K you're going to need for that video. Yeah, and it's That's like, can, can even the GTX 1060, oh. 1080 run that? So somebody said to me, why, why not upload just a 1080p version? So if you consider a mm-hmm. 1080p wraparound VR video, yeah, that's nothing, right? You'd be looking at it, and it would be only 240. Yeah, you'd be looking at it; it'd be so terrible mm-hmm. uh, because you're not. It wouldn't even be that high. 1080p, you'd probably be looking at like a 144p video not in even. front of you, <laughs> and you turn around, and it's 144p hey, a pixel. No where you look. <laughs> so we got to keep that in mind as well. Yeah. Uh, C128D. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> right when she's not here today. Oh, she's not here. <laughs> Sasha is cuter than you are, Robbie. You're lucky I like I'm you. I'm sorry, but I, I, has to, I have to agree with them. I'm Thanks, sorry, man. But Thanks, C128D. <laughs> You're welcome, Sasha. Nice. How did this even get onto the printout? <laughs> uh, okay, here's one from Darren Headland. Uh, it was watching our feature on the Plex Media server that, uh, oh, okay. that we built on a Raspberry Pi. I forgot to mention that. Beautiful. We built a, a Plex Media server on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Approved. Um, Darren says, fantastic show you've got here. Thank you. Your steps work perfectly. Woohoo. Please note, change your keyboard layout from UK to US in order to use the pipe character. That is so true. having that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fantastic tip. Thank you so much, Darren. Uh, he goes on to share some info about how we can mount a network share as the video library, which lets you store a ton of movies on your NAS, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you check out the comment on episode number 459 on our YouTube channel. Uh, you'll see it there at cat5.tv slash YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumping down to John Brown. Who has a question for me? Do you want to take that one? I will totally I will take this take one. The, I will take the answer. <clears throat> I, I will be John for a moment. All right. So, Robbie, yes, why John? do you not do a show show? Like a show show. A show show show? Yeah. So, on the... 
PTZ camera you are evaluating. The PTZ camera. Yeah, okay, so first of all, the evaluation <laughs> of the PT, PTZ camera was interesting because mm-hmm. it was not our camera to evaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, John, came in as um, they needed to test the camera to make sure it worked before they bought it. Oh, okay. So they used our studio <laughs> and plugged it in and, and tested it. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity, and that's why it was there was no voiceover and there was no real testing. It was just quickly testing that it worked. Oh, okay. So I was then able to utilize the clip from that and, and, and that show you the camera. So I didn't have the opportunity to review it in depth mm-hmm. because it wasn't ours to review. Still got your hands on it, though. Still, Still had our it. hands on it. It's fantastic. And it gave us a chance to say, hey, this is a really good solution <laughs> for our studio. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to get one. Uh, I was talking to our rep at B&H, mm-hmm. cat5.tv slash BH, and uh, they were saying that the, really the 1080p version is mm-hmm. is going down by the wayside because 4K is where it's at oh. for the even the PTZ cameras. Could you imagine a 4 K PTZ camera here in the studio. They already look exceptional <laughs> oh because gosh. it's optical zoom. Imagine 4K as your source. That'd be nuts. Uh, I think we would kill the uh, cell signal here, though. Although we just give out 1080p. <laughs> we'll just record the disc. At, <laughs> yeah, there you at, go. Uh, 4K. Uh, John, uh, please head on over to donate.category5.tv <laughs> and you can throw a little something in the tip jar uh, or the Patreon we'll toward it and or, pa- or Patreon, Patreon as well either or because yeah. like know, knowing that because there's so many amazing people out there that support the show every every single month and it, it really does help us we yeah. appreciate it so much we've got this month is flying by I don't know how it happens but <laughs> it's almost May <laughs> I feel like I just paid rent and now it's coming due again and um, April was a a, a, a bit of a rough month that way because here's what happened Uh-oh. the end of the month fell on a friday i think it was or maybe a saturday got to get a down friday. on friday it was a friday yep. so wednesday night we did our show thursday night we did post-production mm-hmm. friday we uploaded it saturday we put it on patreon it's a hmm. lot of work 